Glory. Somebody shout a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Father, we rejoice that this morning we have this another opportunity to fellowship in the light of your word. Thank you that the entrance of your word giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. Our hearts have come with simplicity before your word. And we rejoice that there is illumination by your spirit upon our minds. Nobody lives here the same way they came. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Your people built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus glorified. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer sees a powerful amen. amen. Lift that hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together as we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore, today... I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name. And every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody that is connected to this service this morning by way of Kingdom Life Network, by way of Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media community. We want to welcome every one of you and the Aquaibom State community connected right now to the service by way of Comfort FM, XL FM, Radio Aquaibom, Passion FM, Inspiration FM, and Heritage FM. We want to welcome all of you to the service this morning. Do me a favor, invite a friend, a family member, ask somebody to tune to this radio station right now life is flowing through the airwaves our social media community help us share the video on all the various platforms make make you know just make sure that you share the video as much as possible let's get this word to the ends of the earth this morning we also want to welcome all our campuses around the world connected to the service this morning brothers and sisters we're so glad to have all of you in the service you guys get ready it's going to be an exciting adventure in the word of his grace is there somebody excited in the service this morning can we give the lord a shout and celebrate the word that we're about to hear this morning glory amen grab your pen your notebook your bible you can be seated with your sweet smart self this morning as we get into the word of his grace <clears throat> all right <clears throat> we've been examining leading and perception and we're still on it leading and perception the book of Romans chapter 8 verse number 14. Romans chapter 8 verse number 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now we said the leading here in this scripture is incorporated. That is, it literally means to be carried or to be born by the Spirit. Born, B-O-R-N-E. To be born by the Spirit. As many as are led or as many as are carried or as many as are born by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. It is actually talking about a vital relationship with the Holy Spirit. A vital relationship with the Holy Spirit. That is, the man who is born again has entered into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. A man that is born again has entered into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So, 
That is to say, in this context, if you read from verse 9 of Romans chapter 8, let's begin the reading from verse 9, Romans chapter 8 verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So in verse 9, he says, you have the spirit of Christ. In verse 10, put up verse 10, verse 10 now he says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. So Christ in you, Christ in you, the spirit is life. Look at verse 11 now, verse 11 of Romans chapter 8. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Dwell in you. Dwelleth in you. The spirit is life. Christ in you. The spirit in you. Then verse 12 and 13 talks about mortifying the deeds of the flesh. Mortifying the deeds of the flesh by the spirit so that you will live. Then verse 14, now he says, As many as are led, born, or carried by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Verse 15 now says, You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16 now says, That the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So it is much more of a relationship. Christ in you, Christ in you, the spirit is life. You have the spirit of Christ. You are led by the spirit, carried by the spirit. The spirit bears witness with your spirit. You have not received the spirit of bondage, but the spirit of, of liberty. All of those adjectives and expressions are to unveil the vital union or vital relationship that you have with God. So, it's a relationship not just a location is an actual relationship <clears throat> that tells you that we actually have entered into a vital relationship with god that relationship that we have with god is called the indwelling of the spirit the indwelling of the spirit the holy spirit definitely points things out to us in our daily lives which we call being led by the Spirit. Every day of our lives, the Holy Spirit points out things to us. Points out things to us. You know, identifies things, signifies things. He points out things to us. And the pointing out of those things to us every day is what we call being led by the Spirit. So we have taught, you know, being led by the Spirit doctrinally, and systematically we have understood what that means but that's not the focus of this teaching the focus of this teaching is for us to practically apply practically apply the leading of the spirit in our everyday life to practically apply the leading of the spirit in our everyday life in the decisions we make day by day that ultimately climaxes in situating us in the will, the plan, the purpose of God for our lives. Where we actually derive ultimate fulfillment. Where we derive 
ultimate fulfillment. And if you were making notes, I would like to write, to write fulfillment somewhere and circle it because that word is going to be very useful in, at some point in the course of this teaching. <clears throat> now, we have also taken the time to show you that just like faith, healing, righteousness, there's a part of it where we start, you know, where we start to daily live in. We live a righteous life. We live a life of faith. We walk in divine health. We speak words of faith as part of our daily work. You know, we, 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 we walk within the confines of righteousness, within our daily walk. We walk by faith within our daily walk. Those are the practical applications of those doctrines in our daily life. So the same way we're also dealing with the leading of the spirit in our daily lives as we make choices, as we make decisions so that we are situated within the plan and the purpose of God. Now, when we talk about the spirit, we said oftentimes the way, you know, um, the way we are made as man gives us a responsibility to separate the spirit from the soul. The way we were created as man or as humans, we have a responsibility to separate the spirit from the soul. The spirit from the soul in our daily lives. You know, I have always thought, and I call this a lack of conceptualizing the subject matter. For instance, some people talk about grace. Grace. Alright, now, but does it amaze you that Jesus never mentioned the word grace all of his life on earth. Jesus never uttered that word grace. Not even by mistake. He never used the word grace. And yet, preachers tell you that the whole gospel is a gospel of grace. But Jesus never mentioned the word grace by any chance. So grace is a concept that is derived from several submissions. A concept that is derived from several submissions. There is this context. People read the Bible and say, I don't do anything. Jesus has done everything. You know, and uh, a lot of people like that. You know, Jesus has done everything. Jesus has finished the work. So there's nothing else for me to do. Well, placed in a certain you know, context, that statement is correct. That Jesus has done everything. But if you also place that statement in another context, that statement is not correct. Again, remember, the Bible is not an English material. The Bible has its own language. The Bible has its own language. And if you do not understand that, you will have a lot of problem with, with the translation of scripture. Now, so Christ hasn't done everything. Let me say that there. Christ hasn't done everything. You still have to pray. You still have to walk. You still have to fast. Somebody said, but the Bible said we have entered into his rest. The rest of God is salvation. 
the rest of God is salvation. When we say we have entered into his rest, it means we are saved. That the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus has paid for us to have a vibrant, active, free relationship with Almighty God. We are saved. That is the rest of God. But remember, even though we are saved, somebody somewhere said, you know, Christianity is effortless effortless christianity well there's nothing like that in the bible because hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says run the race that is set before you with patience let us run the race that is set before us with patience so if you're going to run that is not effortless <laughs> you need effort to run Except you have never run before. If you have ever run before, you know that it takes a lot of effort to run. In fact, both from the start of the race to the end of the race requires effort to run. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, brother Paul says, I run so I can obtain. I run so I can obtain. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, brother Paul says, I put my body under, I put my body under subjection that after preaching to others, I myself shall not be a cast away. Then also, I also saw in my Bible, pray without ceasing. That is some effort. Pray without ceasing. I also saw in my Bible, praying always, with all prayer and supplication, with perseverance for all saints. I also saw in my Bible, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That is some effort. So there's nothing like effortless Christianity. That is some effort. Fight a good fight of faith. That is some effort. So there are active tenses of what Christians ought to do active tenses christians are going to be judged oh yes every one of us shall appear before the judgment seat of christ so christians are going to be judged jesus said to some churches in asia minor in the book of revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 he says i have somewhat against you i have somewhat against you you know you have done this you have done this but you have not done this I have somewhat against you. Now, that is after the resurrection. That is not before Jesus. That, that was long after the resurrection. So we need to bring these things into our practical lives because we will be held responsible someday for what we do. Because if Christ has done everything, you do nothing, then why is there a reward at the beamer seat of Christ? Some people will be judged and they will lose everything. And some people at the judgment seat of Christ will be rewarded. When it comes to the spirit and the soul, we have some dividing to do. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. <clears throat> Are you still here? Hebrews chapter 4 verse number 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Dividing asunder, dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So now that scripture tells us that the word of God helps us to distinguish between the soul and the spirit. The word divide is the word distinguish. The word to divide means to distinguish. Piercing to the dividing asunder or to the distinguishing of the soul and spirit. In other words, soul and spirit, observe, joints and marrow. If you're a scientist, like we have some of you are scientists in the service, you know that joint and marrow, the marrow is in the bones. Okay? The marrow is in the bones. Now, the joint separates. So, you cannot exactly divide them. You can't exactly divide them. The only way you can divide the marrow of a man is to kill him. When you kill him, you pieces the bones. Then you can bring the marrow one side and leave the bones one side. Otherwise, there's no other way to divide it. So when the Bible says you can distinguish between the bone and the marrow, between the spirit and the soul, is an uphill tax for the natural man because the natural man can't even think about that. So dividing there is this distinguishing. And it's difficult because of how much they are intertwined. The soul... And the spirit. You can't have spirit without soul. You can't have spirit without soul. They are together. So to divide them will have to be, you know, a uh, 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 discernment. To be able to discern. To distinguish between the soul and the spirit. Between the joint and the marrow. Now you can only know the difference in the constituents of the body. You know, just the same way you can't say... My spirit doesn't have a soul. Because the soul cannot be without the spirit. Why? Because the soul and the spirit function together. But you must do a distinguishing. You must. Everybody listen. You must do a distinguishing of the soul from the spirit. You must. You must. If you are going to follow the leadings of God. If you are going to follow the, the leading of the spirit. If you are going to perceive what God is saying. You must be able to distinguish between the soul and the spirit. And it says the word of God is able to do that. It's able to bring that discernment. And it's able to equip you to, to distinguish those components of the human being. Now remember, your soul needs to be renewed. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Yet, it's not going to stop walking. Your mind was working before you got saved. Your mind is working after you got saved. Your mind will still be working until Jesus comes. It will keep working even after you are saved. Just like it was working before you got saved. So your mind will keep working for the rest of your life. And the soul is such an important material. Because see, the soul does not stop getting information. The soul continually gets information. Whether good or bad, whether spiritual or carnal, the soul is in the business of constantly gathering material, gathering information, spiritual information, carnal information, natural information. It doesn't necessarily use all of that information, but it does not stop the soul from collating them. So now you have to separate the soul from the spirit. 
And that's why many don't know when it is I that is talking. When it is God that is talking. Because they are not able to distinguish the soul from the spirit. So here somebody say, well, I, I want to travel. Something tells me go. Something tells me don't go. Something tells me wait. Something tells me go in three months time. I don't know which one to follow. All of that is because you've not been able to distinguish from, you know, you from the spirit. Soul from the spirit. And that's critical because that will play a major part in what we are dealing with here in leading and perceptions. That's why brother Paul now begins to pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of your calling. The enlightenment of the eyes of your understanding is the enlightenment of your mind where the soul is. So that your mind is able to align with the spirit of God. So that the spirit of God through your mind can carry out its leading by getting your body to do what it wants to be done. Did you hear the way I constructed that sentence? You heard the way I constructed that sentence. Okay. Very important. So that your soul aligns with your spirit. So that your spirit through your soul can get your body to do what it wants to be done. And that's why your soul therefore will have to be trained by the teaching of God's word to think in line with the spirit of God via your human spirit. Remember, I have told you that every believer is led by the spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, brother Paul says, when you are speaking in tongues, how does your mind react? Okay. Let's do a little bit of practical here. Everybody speak in tongues. I didn't say whisper in tongues. Now, hold. When you started speaking in tongues, what happened to your mind? Huh? Huh? Unfruitful. What else? Suspended. What else? Was your mind in active participation? No. So, your mind begins to experience boredom. Your mind is bored. Because it does not know what is going on. It has been sidelined. You know? Your mind goes like, what? What is he talking about? Then, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, your mind is bored. One hour, your mind is bored, 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 bored. Because your mind is not actively involved in the operation of your spirit when it comes to fellowship with God in tongues. Why? Because your mind doesn't understand. Your mind feels lost. But even though your mind feels lost when you're speaking in tongues, it doesn't stop working. <laughs> How many of you understand? How many of you, you know, you, you, you know that sometimes when you speak in tongues and you're busy speaking in tongues, your mind will be remembering the things you left at home that you should have been doing. 
So after your mind gets bored, it will say, okay, since you have left me, now let me get busy. It will now pull back information that it stored and begin to be actively busy on its own. So your spirit is active with God, busy. Your mind is doing its own. Is that true? And both components can be working at the same time. How many of you have experienced that? You, you start speaking in tongues, then you remember the file you didn't sign in the office. And then you start remembering what will be the outcome of that failure to sign the file. Then if you're not careful, you start getting sad. You start getting unhappy, but you're speaking in tongues. And look, that feeling of unhappiness doesn't stop the fellowship between your spirit and God. It doesn't even interfere. And your spirit and God does not interfere with the feeling of unhappiness. So both are operating as different entities. And some of you, when your mind is active like that, then you get distracted and you stop the tongues to come back and join the mind in his workshop. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to stop. You're supposed to keep going because after some time, if you stay long there in the spirit, your mind will shut up. Then the spirit will gain ascendancy over the mind. Am I teaching here? It happens to everybody. So in case you've been wondering why every time you speak in tongues, you remember the ingredients for making soup. It's not only you. There are people also remember that they are supposed to have gone to Abba last weekend to buy some material for the customer that is coming tomorrow in the afternoon, but they didn't go. And while they are calculating what the customer will do in collecting the money he deposited and how that when the money is collected, the thing that you were planning to do with that money will not be done and the repercussion that will come from failure to use that money to do what you want to do. While you are thinking of all of that, your spirit is still going, because your spirit is independent of your soul even though they are together that's why the word of God is able to divide there are two different entities but they are so intertwined that you need the word of God to be able to know which one is which and which one is not it's not which I'm teaching good this morning dividing the soul from the spirit. First Corinthians 14 14. First Corinthians. For if I pray in, in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Next verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also. My mind is unfruitful. Meaning my mind is lost. So in leading, we will find regularly a conflict. A conflict. In the leading of the spirit, we will find regularly a conflict. Between our emotions and our will or our thinking our emotions, our will, and our thinking will find a conflict between those components and the leading of the spirit. And the leading of the spirit. Because our will, our emotions, and our thought process will always not work in agreement with the leading of the spirit. 
That's why you can be praying in the spirit to God and your mind is talking about somebody who offended you and you're thinking of how to deal with the person. You didn't hear that. You are praying. Look at me everybody. You are praying in the spirit. Your mind is remembering somebody who did you something and your mind is actively plotting how to deal with the person and yet you are praying in the spirit you do understand what i'm saying why are you looking at me as if you don't know what i'm talking about and you wonder ah, ah, satan why are you disturbing me it's not satan your mind has the capacity to store information and use it when it wants. It's not Satan. There are many things Satan has been accused of that Satan is also waiting for judgment day. <laughs> say, oh God, I have suffered. I know I'm going to hell, but on my way to hell, I want to report something. You are a God of justice. They accuse me for everything. Because there are many things to accuse Satan of. Satan is not even aware such things existed. Am I communicating? Yes. Satan is not aware. That's why in Africa, the only way to cheaply excuse failure is Satan. You write exam, you fail because you didn't study. You say, I bind you that spirit from my village. You have followed me to this school. I will make it by force by fire. Uh -uh. Go and read your books. If you read your books, you will pass. Somebody does business, the investment didn't work out. He said, the devil is a liar. Uh -uh. It's not the devil. You didn't do your due diligence. Am I teaching good? Yeah. Didn't do your due diligence. Somebody approaches a sister to marry and then changes his mind. She said, the devil is a liar. It's not the devil. There are some things that didn't work out. It's as easy as that. Stop seeing the devil in things. Stop seeing the devil in things. Unbelievers that don't even care about the devil, they are moving their life forward. I'm teaching good this morning. Stop seeing the devil in things. It's not all that. Stop attributing too much importance to the devil. He's not that essential. He's not an essential product. Jesus rendered him useless. I didn't hear a good amen. So in leading, we will find that conflict between our mind and our spirit. Now, I have told you that every believer is led by the spirit of God, but not every believer follows the leading of the spirit. Not every believer follows the leading of the spirit. If your mind is not incorporated in what God is saying, you cannot follow his leading. If your mind is not incorporated in what God is saying, you cannot follow his leading. The following of the leading of the spirit is when your mind recognizes. The following of the leading of the spirit is when your mind recognizes, acknowledges, recognizes, acknowledges what your spirit is saying. 
in following the leading of the spirit is when your mind recognizes and acknowledges what the spirit is saying. That means that mind that has a different opinion will now have to acknowledge and recognize what the spirit is saying and align. That mind now aligns. So brother Paul talks about tongues. He says you have to come down to your mind's level. Interpret the tongues so that the other person can be edified. Bring the tongues to the mind's thinking. Listen carefully. You cannot be led by the spirit without using your mind. That's where the lacuna is. <laughs> you cannot be led by the spirit without using your mind. And that is where the matter is. That's where the rubber meets the road. You cannot be led by the spirit without using your mind. So, pay attention. You cannot use your mind... You cannot use your mind as being led by the Spirit. You didn't hear that. You cannot use your mind as being led by the Spirit. But you cannot be led by the Spirit without using your mind. Did you get that? Okay, I repeat. You cannot use your mind as being led of the Spirit. You can't use your mind as being led of the spirit. But you cannot be led by the spirit without using your mind. Your mind is going to follow. Your mind is going to recognize what the spirit of God is saying to you. Your mind will follow. Your mind will recognize. So you can't say my mind is the leading of the spirit. But the leading of the spirit cannot be done without the engaging of your mind. Now, did you get the two things I have said? It's important. All right. Now, so we said that in the book of Judges, we saw somebody using what we call fleeces. He put out a fleece and he says, Lord, if it is you, do this and do that. Now, we may not put out fleeces today like they did in the Old Testament. God, if you are the one, let a dog bark. One minute after you are, whoa, 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 whoa. You look around, there's no dog. It's Satan that is barking. Because Satan uses elements. If he say, God, if you are the one, wake me up by two o'clock to pray. Eh? Wake me up by two o'clock to pray. Okay, if you are the one. Okay? You won't wake up. You won't wake up. You come and wake up by five. Oh God, if you really want me to travel, wake me up by three o'clock. Three on the dot. A rat will just hit your door. Boom. Boom. Wake up. God wants me to travel. It's not God, it's a rat that wants you to travel. We can't be led by fleeces. We can't depend on the outward to be led. Because Satan functions within the outward. You know, we may not also use fleeces, but some of us leave things to the senses. 
for our senses to determine. We say like a career. You write application to 20 companies. Three of the companies choose you. Three out of 20. And oftentimes, you have your own mindset. Then you say, if it is God, the one that will choose me that is God will be near my house. <laughs> or, you go into an office out of the three, the first office you went to the checkout, the person that, one of the persons in that office is a member of your church. As soon as you see, we shall glory, he shall glory. He said, this is where God wants me to stay. <laughs> Not because you saw a brother and two of you are shouting glory. <laughs> That's the direction. Is that brother you are leading? Or you go to the second company and the MD of the company, as soon as you enter, he say glory to Jesus. He said, ah, this MD is born again. God wants me here. <laughs> and you know, people, people, people use many things to, to conclude that that must be God. And that, that's not God at all. God doesn't work like that. God doesn't work like that. And then you now say, I have peace. Yeah, I have peace. Yeah, I have peace. It's not peaceful. He doesn't really have peace. What he has is, the thing looked familiar. So he's feeling at home. And he calls it peace. Because the person said, glory to God. You say, yeah. This sounds like my church. <laughs> I have peace. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and you know, many people don't know how to recognize the peace of God. They think just because they feel calm, it is God. Peace is not calmness. It's not calmness. Paul says, he says, when you pray, after you pray, and you bring your worry and surrender them to God, then the peace of God. Then the peace of God. So you can also put out a fleece like you write out a list of things you want to see in the man you want to marry. That's a fleece. You know? See, he has to be tall, number one. Handsome. Is it handsome or ha handsome? Which one? Hand, hand or ham? Okay. <laughs> he has to be tall, handsome. Light-skinned, speaks good English, graduate, does not get angry. <laughs> Why are you laughing like that? <laughs> he has to have six-figure salary, already has his house. Has the ability to take me on vacation abroad. Qualification for the man that will marry you. Now, father, stamp it. That's the list. We now start searching. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so, after you put all that in the list, you are you like that? Because like attracts like. You can only attract your like. You see, 
You can't attract somebody that is not like you. That's why even in life, you only get attracted to people that are like you. Birds of the same feather, they say, they flock together. So if you're not like the person and you want the person, you're just asking for an impossible stuff. Everything after its own kind. I'm teaching good. Now, so we put out fleeces. Fleeces for different things. Fleeces for job. Fleeces for location. Fleeces for marriage. And then we get frustrated because we thought those fleeces are the leading of the Lord. No, you are living like an ordinary human being without the spirit of God because that's how they live. The believer can't afford to live like that because listen carefully, an unbeliever may get away with it, but you as a believer, you won't get away with it because Satan will use it and get at you because your adversary, the devil, is going about like a roaring lion seeking for how to devour you. Don't give him weapons to use in devouring you by surrendering the decision of your life to natural circumstances. Don't. That's why you have tongues. That's why you have the spirit. So that when you lay battle, Satan is not aware what you are conversing with your father. And the understanding of it in your mind, Satan doesn't have access to it. So that God can lead you without the devil having an understanding of what God is saying for you to do. Why? Because God is aware that you have an adversary and he wants to talk to you using secret codes. Some of you, while God is still working and preparing you for the things he will have you do, you've announced it everywhere. And then people who don't like you now will open up themselves for Satan to use them to form an obstruction and make you fight battles you are not supposed to fight and may end up not arriving at where you're supposed to arrive to because you are exposing what God wants you to do to people who shouldn't hear about it. Even God didn't say it for them to hear. But you, we are loud mouth. Honey, you're watching. Herod. Wise men are going to go and see Jesus. They enter the house of Herod. The star stopped and refused to follow them. When they came out of Herod's house, the star reappeared. They finally arrived at where Jesus was. Worship Jesus gave him. Herod has told them, if you see the baby, come and tell me. This is Jesus who is God in human flesh. As they come out of Herod's house, I mean, out of Jesus' house, to sleep in the night, the angel appears to them and says, Shh, don't go back. Don't go back to Herod. Why didn't God say you can go? Am I not the Almighty? I will protect him. If you like, go and tell Herod, I will protect him. He said, hey, Shh, don't go there. Don't expose this baby to Herod because Herod will kill this baby. Don't go. After telling them not to go back, he now told Mary and Joseph, escape with the child now. Escape with the child now to Egypt. And yet the Old Testament says, woe to them that go to Egypt for help. But when it comes to the rescue of your life, if you have to sleep under a woman's bed, sleep there and be safe. Take this baby to Egypt. And keep him there until I tell you to go back. 
after Herod was dead. And I say, now you can go back. I'm teaching here. I'm teaching here. Some of you have attracted too many battles to yourself that were unnecessary. And you have wasted energy fighting things you shouldn't even have thought of. I will get there. Jeremiah 10, 23. Jerry, Jerry boy, Jerry boy. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. It is not in man. No man knows where to go. No man knows what to do. It's not in man. That is why a man must depend on God. A man must rely on the leading of the spirit. Remember last Sunday we said two things. Number one. Every relationship has an effect on your life. Number one, either it provokes you to good works or number two, it corrupts your good manners. That's why we stopped last Sunday, right? Okay. So that's why I said, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what communication has, has you know, light with darkness. Evil communication corrupt good manners. Clear enough. Don't go about praying, Father, is it your will for me to move with that unbeliever? It's very clear. It's called common sense. Bible common sense to the leading of the spirit. God can never be in you making the decision to marry an unbeliever. It can never be the will of God even if you fast 2,000 days. Because the scriptures are clear. So you don't even need to pray about. There are things you don't need to pray about. Once you know that this is the Bible's position on those things, you cut down prayers from that area. You pray about other things. You can't be praying for, oh God, do you want me to marry an unbeliever? You are playing into the trap, the snare of the fowler. Because the Bible's mind on that is clear. Then brother Paul talks about a category of persons who must stay away. It's a brethren who stay in open sin. Like the guy who took his father's wife. Brother Paul said, don't even eat with him. Brother Paul said, don't even fellowship with him. It's so clear. In 2 Thessalonians, he talks about a brother who does not listen to instructions. You have a brother in church. Every time we say something, he will do the other one. You know such brethren, you don't even pray and ask God whether you should make them your friends. Those are people to stay away from. Yes, I know we're in the same church, but we didn't come together. You came on your own, I came on my own. When I was discipled, you were not there. So me and you don't have to agree together on everything. So since you are not obedient to instructions in the local assembly, me and you have not, because I don't want you to corrupt me to walk the path of rebellion, because the rebellion shall dwell in dry ground. I don't want to be in a dry atmosphere. He says, anybody that does not listen to our instructions... He said, avoid such people. I said, but I know, I know. But this guy is a very good person. The only thing that is bad about him is that he does not obey instructions. What? What's up with you? 
You are speaking from stomach infrastructure. Because many people, it is this thing that is their problem. How can I stay away from that brother? He's always giving me Coca-Cola with bread and butter. He's always giving me TP, TP, TP. I know he doesn't obey church authority, but he's a good person. You're playing into the gallery where Satan will actually make caricature of your life. Brother Paul said, mark those brethren who do not obey our instruction by the word of this epistle. And let me tell you, when you walk around with a brother who is not obedient to spiritual authority, you're already tampering with your perception in hearing God. Already. When you go out with an unbeliever for marriage, you're already walking your way out of the right perception to hear from God. You start clouding your sense of perception and you start distorting your sense of hearing God. Yesterday, I called some guy in church here, you know, um, one of our brothers in church here, to come to my house and, and set the decoder because my office couldn't pick up signal both for Kingdom Life Network and all the news channels that I watch. So I, I need those things restored. You know, I, I don't know what happened all over the house. So I called this brother to come and help me reset everything in my house. The signal has always been there. It has never left. The signals were all in the house, but my television said couldn't pick the signals. So this brother came to my house yesterday with all his tools from morning to afternoon. He was walking. He would carry TV and go out. He would tune, tune, tune. He will carry TV and come inside. He will tune, tune, tune. He will move here. He will move here. Three o'clock, he was still moving. Five o'clock, he was still moving. Eight o'clock, he was still moving in my house. Nine o'clock, he was still moving, trying to get signal. That is how sometimes it will take you before you can pick up what God is saying. Sometimes you will move and move. You carry Bible. You move here. You are checking for signal. You come for prayer cruise. We are praying. You are checking for signal. You come to first service. You are listening. You are checking for signal. Instead of going home, you say, no, no, I will stay for second service because I can't be, maybe I may be closer to where I could get the signal. You stay for second service. You, you didn't get it. Monday, you take it fast. In the afternoon, you come into the church quietly. Two, three hours, you pray. You are seeking for signal. Then suddenly, bam! Because one direction from God that is clear for you will factor your life. It may not be immediate. It may take a bit of time. Like the guy. At about 9 o'clock he told me I'm coming back on Monday. I have not finished. But at least I saw Kingdom Life Network. I saw, I saw Fox News. Um, Fox, Fox News. Uh, I think those are the two channels I saw. He said I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I've not finished. I said come back. Come back because you have to finish this thing. Can you see what it is taking them to fine-tune and get the signals to fall into the different, you know, appliances in the house? What happened to the signal? I don't know. Who touched it? It was touched. Who? It was touched. Maybe wind. Maybe weather. Anything could have touched it. Even one of those, my anointed dogs could have moved the signal. I have some anointed dogs in case you're not aware. So the next time you're coming to my house, don't just enter. You need somebody to guide you. How can I understand except some man should guide me? 
<laughs> praise God. I say praise God. So, there's Bible common sense that you must first of all apply in the leading of the spirit. Bible common sense. You must obey the Lord in the general things before you talk about specifics. You must obey God in general things before you zero in on specifics. You must first of all obey. Praying always with all prayer. Going to all the world. Make disciples of all nations. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. All those are general instructions that makes it easy for you to have specific instructions. If you cannot obey the general, God will not waste his time giving you specifics. Are you hearing me? If you cannot obey the general instructions, God will not waste his time giving you specifics because if a man doesn't obey the general, why will he obey the specifics? You know that certain things are not right by the word of God. You stay away from them. But you are not obeying God in the general things he has shown you in black and white. And then you are saying, Father, Father, is it your will for me to go to, to, to America or to go to Afghanistan? Where are you leading me to go, Lord? You won't hear anything. Because you have not even obeyed the general ones. The common sense that the Bible gives you. So in our decision making, we must ask ourselves, how much of Bible common sense have I followed in this area? How much of common Bible sense have I followed in this area? You see three sisters that look like your wives. And now you don't know which of them to pick. So you start elimination with Bible common sense. Abby, you start eliminating. You know the principle of elimination. Bible common sense. You list out the things the Bible says in black and white. Concerning relationships generally. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Make no friendship with an angry man. For he that maketh friendship with an angry man will learn his ways. Make no friendship with a drunkard because a drunkard is a fool. Make no friendship. Now, so you list drunkard, anger, abi, unbeliever, disobedient to instructions. After making the list, you start with Justina because three of them, they are three sisters. One is Justina. One is uh, eh? Ikwama. Eh? Okay. So don't forget Justina Ikwama. Who else? Eh? Amina. Okay. So Amina Ikwama Justina. So Justina number one. Uh, anger. Correct. Uh, obedience to church authority. Not at all. Uh, unbeliever. No, she's a believer. She speaks in tongues. Uh, but anger. So Justina, out. Ikoma, number two. 
Obedient to spiritual authority always. Unbeliever, believer. Alcohol from time to time. <laughs> so, Ekwama out. Amina. That's the way to do it. You eliminate. So when you have now arrived at Amina, and maybe Amina meets those basic common sense, then you now start praying in tongues for the ones you don't know. Do you understand? That is how to follow the leading of the spirit. You start with the basic common sense. Not that you just come like a blind man. Father, show me. Father, show me. Show me that way. Show me that way. Way to where? The word is a lamb. Unto my feet and a light. Unto my path. So there's common sense light. You start from the common sense light that is available. Then you do elimination to arrive at where you now really pray for direction. I'm teaching. That's the way you follow the lady. Not that everything is beclouded. You don't even know where to start from. No, you must know where to start from. We have common sense direction. Are you still in the building? Now, so, for example, let me add something else. There's a time factor to things. There's a time factor to things. A time for everything. A man cannot be saved outside this earth. Because salvation happens on earth. You know? A man cannot be saved outside the earth. Because salvation is of the earth. So, once a man dies, you can't pray for him to be saved. Once a man dies, you can't believe for him to be saved. Why? Because it's time. People don't get saved when they want. People don't get saved when they want because they do not control time. They don't know when they will die. So since people don't know when they will die, we must make sure they get saved now. Because nobody knows when that brother will die. So let's get him saved now that we have him alive. Because once they die, they can't be saved. So that's why evangelism is urgent. Discipleship is urgent. You don't subject it to when it is convenient. We preach the gospel in and out of season. So there's a timing to things. A time to obey. A time to listen to what God says. And you don't have all the time to do what God says you should do. You don't have all the time. So you must be specific. You must know exactly when God wants you to do something and do it. Of course, you know that marriage is between adults. You live and cleave. Why do some things happen? Because people don't follow Bible common sense. And when you already disobey Bible common sense, it affects your perception of God. It affects how you hear from God. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So no matter how much you pray about it, listen carefully, 
no matter how much you pray, if you lack, like, fast, fast to fertilize the prayer. Say, I have prayed. Let me add fasting so that the prayer can be fertilized. If you like, add fasting. When a woman is pregnant, the baby will take nine months. If you like, fast. It can never be shorter than nine months. Anything outside nine months is premature. Now that doesn't mean premature babies will not survive. But they didn't come full term. And sometimes premature babies are exposed to challenges with health. Because their development was not complete. They could be born with certain things in their bodies that are not yet completely formed. So the baby will start being exposed to all kinds of things. Because there's a term for pregnancy. Even Jesus who is God stayed for nine months. He didn't come out after four months and say the almighty has arrived. I cannot stay for nine months. Don't you know I am the almighty? No, it took him nine months. They say time to things. They say time to things. So therefore, knowing that they say time to things, you must know how to follow God so that you are never late and you are never too much in a hurry. Things, there are things that will never change because you prayed. They will only change because it is time. <laughs> there are things that will never change because you prayed. They will only change because it is time. For example, there's nothing you can do about any season. You woke up this morning and the whole town is thunderstorm everywhere. Rain is falling non-stop. So what do you do? You dress up and walk in the rain and come to church. Why? Because church means a lot to you. Those whom church doesn't mean much to are still on their bed stretching. God is good. If you're a pilot, if you're a pilot flying an aircraft and the traffic control says there's thunderstorm, you don't disregard it. You don't disregard it. You don't disregard it. That's what took my friend's life, Dr. Maris Munro. They were flying into the Bahamas and the traffic control told this pilot not to land. The atmosphere is not clear. There's no vis visibility. The traffic control said, don't. Commercial airlines that were coming into the Bahamas were redirected back. But Dr. Miles Monroe's pilot decided, I will land. I will land. Because there's a conference we must preach in. And as he's landing, because there's no visibility, they ran into a crane. And that was how that plane crashed. Because there are things in life that you must follow due protocol. Somebody say protocol. Uh, can I hear you say protocol? There are, there are protocols in life. There are protocols in life. You know what I'm talking about? There are protocols in life. There are protocols in life. You don't disregard protocol. There are things that are processed. And you go through the process. Somebody say, well, there's weather and they have delayed my flight. Why should they delay my flight? You should be doing Thanksgiving. Father, thank you that the flight is delayed. We are saying thank you, Jesus. 
it's better I arrive tomorrow than I left yesterday and I'm still on the road. <laughs> I left yesterday. I'm still on the road. Road where the body's gone. <laughs> Silas is here. He knows. You know, most times we are you were traveling back in the days. We wake up in the morning to travel. I just lie down. You're already dressed. The car is ready. I just lie down. Silas said, Daddy, I'll say, Silas, I feel like sleeping some more. I'll take my time. By the time we hit the road, we'll discover something had happened on that road that God delivered us from. The spirit made me lazy. Sometimes when you're lazy, you should be giving thanks. I'm not saying all the time. <laughs> Sometimes. And when those times come, you will know that this laziness is not ordinary. You stand, hi, God. You lie down, you carry blanket. <laughs> Don't hear me wrong. Don't hear what I have not seen because a little sleep, <laughs> a little slumber, so shall your poverty come like an armed man with AK-47. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you are, a, you are a student in the university right now and you're studying accounting, the will of God for you now is to stay in that university for four years. Any will of God that move you out of the university to start ministry, you are out of the will of God. I don't care the fire in your bones. Carry the fire to lecture hall. Use the fire to write chemistry. It's time for things. Even the leading of the spirit, there's time into it. Because we live in a planet that God put time in. It's not man that put time. It's God that put time. So God works his will. Within the frame of time. How many of you have read the Bible? But when the fullness of the time was come. God sent forth his son. Even the coming of Jesus. Was according to time. There is time to things. I'm teaching this morning. There's time to things. I say, Dr. Damina, the fire is too much. I'm going to leave the university. I'm going to start preaching the gospel. Mm -mm. The will of God for you right now is to graduate. Go through the school, no matter the fire, graduate well. Then when you graduate, the fire will increase plus education. Somebody's not hearing me. Any extra year, Any extra year added to you will be the law of Moses in operation. So plan with four years. If you're going to study pharmacy, plan with five years. That's the will of God. If it's medicine, plan for six plus years. Medical school. You apply general common sense. Somebody say, well, my schoolwork don't apply to me. It appealed to me. It's the Bible that appeals to me. <laughs> well, you appeal to your schoolwork. Since your schoolwork is not appealing to you, you appeal to your schoolwork. It is called consecration. 
Listen, the moment you start to pray about things you should do, you are giving the devil room. The moment you start to pray about something you know you should do, you are giving the devil room. And it will mislead you if you are not careful. I'm teaching good this morning. Paul the apostle, Jesus appears to him in, chapter, in Acts chapter 9. Then in Acts chapter 13, God speaks to him by the Holy Spirit in Acts 13. But before Acts 13, Acts 12, Paul was serving in the church. He was sent on an errand by the church. That is the will of God. So between chapter 9 and 13, Paul found himself in the church, serving, running errands. Then in chapter 13, while they fasted and prayed together, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas. Alright, so in Acts 20, 22, the Holy Spirit says to him, you are going to Jerusalem. So, there were different things along the line that God was telling him to fulfill God's plan for his life. Listen, following the plan of God is not an event. It's a series of events. Following the plan of God, being in the will of God for your life is not an event. It's a series of events. Acts chapter 16, God says to him, don't go to Asia. Acts chapter 18, God told him, go. So there are things that will be said and you cannot stop listening. Some of those simple things, don't go there yet. Go there. All of them are included in God's purpose for our lives. Don't go yet. Go. Stop. All those phrases are part of God's plan for our lives. So some of the things we will see in this series, because this series is going to take quite a bit of time. We will be teaching this till the year is over. That's the truth of the matter. Are you excited about it? Because, I mean, you already have epignosis. You already know the message of the Bible. Now it is living in victory that is important. Your day-to-day -day life. You've got to be victorious in your life. So we're going to see things like marriage. We're going to see career. We're going to see location. Somebody wants to leave Nigeria to Saudi Arabia. Is God relocating you? How do I know when God wants me to relocate from a country to another one? What are the indices to look out for? All of that is part of what I'm going to be teaching. How do I know when God is telling me my stay here is over? I should move to another place. We're going to look at all of that from scripture so that everybody in this ministry is working in the plan and the purpose of God for your lives. If you're excited about that, can I have a powerful amen? Please, that's very important. Remember, anger is not the leading of God. Anger is not the leading of God. So when you do something out of anger, you're out of God's will. Many years ago, I wanted to go to America, to go to America. By all means, by all means, mama is my witness, she knows. I did everything to go to America because I believed that America was just green pastures. I just believed that once I land in America from the streets, I'll just be packing dollars. Because that was what we were told as little boys growing up. So I was desperate to go to America. And then somehow I got an invitation to go to America as a young boy. And then I packaged myself. I didn't know that for America to even give you visa, you have to have something in Nigeria. <laughs> I 
I didn't have anything. <laughs> I wanted to carry myself and my poverty to America. <laughs> but the praise I got to American Embassy for the first time in my life. And nobody educated me. I just went like a blind man. As I appeared at the counter. <laughs> the white lady looked at me and said, where are you going to? I said, huh? <laughs> she said, where are you going to? I said, I'm going to America. She said, no, there's no place like America. Where are you going to? <laughs> I'm still looking at her and thinking of what to say. <laughs> she said, I'm sorry, boom. You are not qualified for the visa. You're going to have a great day. <laughs> Just discharge me. I looked at her and said, what did you say? <laughs> Should we close? <laughs> That's how she bounced me back. <laughs> I went back to school. <laughs> if I had gone to America then, I would not be in the plan of there's no way, I know. I'd planned what I was going to do. There was no God inside it. <laughs> but many years after, I go to America and I come back as if I'm going to the backyard of my house. In the plan of God, the things you are chasing for now, just follow the plan of God. You won't chase for them, they'll be the ones chasing for you. He makes everything beautiful. Who am I talking to in this building this morning? He makes everything beautiful. I'm so glad that God did not allow me. People make decisions out of frustration. I have to go to Afghanistan. Now that America has left Afghanistan, let me go for greener pastures there. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> That's frustration talking. Many people make decisions out of frustration. I have to leave this country anyhow, by all means. If I have to trek, I will trek to Ghana. <laughs> That's frustration. I must marry anybody that just talked to me. I don't care. Whether he's a normal man or a madman, as long as he's a man, I will marry him. Frustration. You can never be in the will of God out of frustration. Anger will deny you the will of God. Frustration will deny you the will of God. I have to have children anyhow. Anyhow. Any man that is ready to sleep with me, I will sleep with him. I have children. I want children. That's out of the will of God for your life. I have to get any job. Any job. Any job. I'm ready for any job. That is frustration. Am I teaching good? You can never be in the will of God out of frustration. There are a lot of Nigerians who left Nigeria to go abroad out of frustration. Even abroad, their frustration is in capital letters. Not even overseas, abroad. You know, there is abroad and there is overseas. Kotonou is abroad. London is overseas. Somebody gave me that definition. I didn't say it's in the dictionary. I'm just telling you what somebody told me. There's a difference between abroad and overseas. Some people just want to leave Nigeria by all means, by all means, by all means because in their mind they think Nigeria is bad. Yet in this Nigeria, there are people that are sponsoring people abroad. Nowhere on earth is bad and nowhere on earth is good. Only the will of God is good. 
You didn't hear what I said. The God of the mountain is the God in the valley. If you can make it in America, you can make it in Orukanam, you can make it in Mbo. It's not where you are, it is where God is. Am I teaching here? It's not where you are. It's where God is. So even in the choice of location, you've got to be led by God. You can't just stand up and say, I'm relocating. I'm leaving Nigeria. Major decisions like marriage, major decisions like location, where to go and stay your life. Those are major decisions. You don't just wake up out of frustration and make such decisions because you could be running to your grave. Could be running to your grave. There's a lady we know who left Nigeria to go to America. And she got to America and thought she had secured her life. She died in America. Few months after she died, I'm sure that if that lady was still here, she wouldn't have died. She took herself out of cover. Took herself out of support systems. Took herself out of people who love her. Took herself out of where people that can support and pray for her went to a place where she doesn't know anybody. Life gave her a slap. The rest is history. You don't just stand up and leave people who love you. Leave an environment where you are sure you know how to go out and come back. Leave an environment where even if you just scratch the ground, you will still find food to eat. And then travel to a place where you are not sure. Where when you arrive, you don't know what will happen. God must be the one leading you to go to such a journey. Am I teaching here? If you are hearing me say I hear you. Don't let frustration frustrate you out of God's plan. Don't let frustration frustrate you out of God's plan. I know I'm teaching here this morning. I know I'm taking more time than I should. But I know that somebody's life needs to be fixed right now. Even minor decisions, don't make them in a hurry. The Bible warns against haste. Don't make any decision in a hurry. He that maketh haste, he that maketh haste shall not be innocent. He that maketh haste shall not be innocent. Don't be happy with people who are political in telling you the truth. Be happy with people who sharply rebuke you and tell you the truth. Those are the people that love you. People that are political with the truth don't love you. And you know sometimes when people are telling you the truth, you don't like them. Because the truth hurts your feelings. But sometimes your feelings need to be hurt so your life can be comforted. I'm teaching good this morning. There are some friends you have who never correct you. They are very dangerous for you. Any friend that will not correct you when you are wrong is not good for you. Every step of the way you have to listen. Every step of the way. Remember God talks to you one thing at a time. He doesn't tell you everything. It's step by step. You will need to do the word of God even in natural things. Do the word of God in normal things. Wake up in the morning, pray, read your Bible, make it a lifestyle. Wake up every day, 
Take some moments, pray, read your Bible, listen. That's the way to follow the plan of God for your life. If you cannot obey the Holy Spirit in things that are obviously written in the word, you will not obey the Holy Spirit even in specific leadings. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Little, little decisions you make every day will determine how you live your life and how far your life goes. Little, little decisions. Little, little decisions. You know, the wife you marry will determine the kind of children you produce. Hmm? Hmm? The man you marry will determine the kind of children you produce. The man or woman you marry will determine the quality of life you have. And they will determine where you live. Huh? They will determine where you live. You understand? They will determine where you live. They will determine what kind of life you will have. So, at the end of the day, everything matters. Decisions, choices, people you hang with. The ministry that you have from the Lord Jesus. Those are very key. I've seen people lose their ministry because of choice of career. They lose their ministry. They choose a career that does not allow them to do ministry. And they live their life serving career. <laughs> people abroad who keep four or five jobs. Every time you call them, they are either sleeping or they are walking. No time for anything else. Four jobs, five jobs, trying to make ends meet. Ends never meet. You get so busy with your job, you lose your children, you lose your husband, you lose everybody. You even lose yourself. Because you're busy. Busy or walking. Walking, no time for anything else. What kind of life are you living? God doesn't want you to live that kind of life. God wants you to enjoy life. Josiah says, enjoy everyday life. God wants you to enjoy your everyday life. Every day you wake up, God wants you to enjoy life. And enjoy it one day at a time. Make up your mind to enjoy today. Don't let the fears and the worries of tomorrow deprive you the joys of today. Enjoy today. When you arrive tomorrow, we will cross the bridge. Say, I hear you. I'm not hearing you at all. Say, I hear you. Say, I make up my mind right now. I will enjoy my life every day. Jesus has given me everything I need to enjoy life. Stand on your feet and turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, neighbor, I have decided I will enjoy my life every day, one day at a time. I didn't hear a good amen. I said, I don't know. I don't know if I will make it. I don't know if I'll make it. Wait, when we get there, we will know how you will make it. Now that you are here, enjoy here. Enjoy where you are on the way to where you're going. Somebody say, I've made up my mind to enjoy life. You know, a lot of Christians don't know how to enjoy life. You don't make up your mind to enjoy life. Follow the plan of God. The plan of God has pleasantness. The plan of God has joy. The plan of God has peace. The plan of God has enjoyment in it. The plan of God doesn't have frustration. 
Jesus didn't die to give you a frustrated life. He died to give you life and that you be abundant in that life. Somebody shout, I hear you. Say with me, I have made a choice to enjoy my life every day. Can I have a powerful amen? Father, I pray for everybody this morning in this building, online, on television, all of our family around the world, power citizens everywhere. I pray that everyone hearing the sound of my, my voice, your life is being positioned and situated to fulfill the purpose of God. In the name of Jesus. Everything around you is falling in place. It's falling in place. It's falling in place. Fear, go in the name of Jesus. You're not afraid of the future. You're not afraid of tomorrow. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fear, go in the name of Jesus. Fear of uncertainty, fear of the future, fear of tomorrow, go in the name of Jesus. And I declare that to enjoy every day of your life as you walk in the plan and the purpose of God for your life. You live a fulfilled life and you enjoy all that God has made available. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer shout that amen on a note of final letter. How many of you know that there's a difference between success and fulfillment? Success is not fulfillment. You can succeed and you're not fulfilled. But fulfillment is through success. Fulfillment is through success. You may not have all that people say success is. But if you're fulfilled in you, you're a successful person. Fulfillment. That's important. Don't give up fulfillment in the chase for success. Don't. Don't. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For it is certain that we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we will take nothing out of this world. Therefore, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Fulfillment is critical in life. Thank you, Jesus. Have I blessed somebody this morning? Glory to God. I want to take up your offerings, everybody. Let's give in honor of Jesus. Let's give in honor of the word. And let's give in honor of what Christ has made available to us. Glory to God. Those of you watching online, the banking details are scrolling. We're going to give our honor offerings in response to the word of God. And I'm going to encourage you not to miss the things I will say in the second service because it's, it's a continuous teaching. You know, you need to hear the next ones to be able to have the full picture of everything I am teaching. Very important. And of course, if you're watching around the world and you want to partner with this ministry, partnership gives you an opportunity to help us get this word around the world so that just the same way other partners partnered with us for you to hear what we are teaching to be blessed, when you also partner with us, you make it easy for us to get more people to hear what you are hearing so that around the world, people are enriched and blessed through your partnership. If you're not a partner yet, and you want to partner with this ministry today, send a mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Partnership is a relationship that gives you an opportunity every month to set apart a part of your income and send to this ministry to help us get the message around the world. Thank you for considering to partner with us today. We're looking forward to hearing from you by email, Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. 
All right, lift up your offerings. We want to pray over them. Lift it up as, as worship to Jesus, as worship to God. Father, we give in faith and we give with joy. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you today. And we rejoice that our offerings are a blessing. And we thank you that through our givings, the gospel reaches the ends of the earth. We give you praise for answer prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Now listen carefully. We're going to be sending you off in a few minutes. But you don't want to miss the next service. Which comes up at 11 a.m. GMT plus one. And until then, enjoy the grace of Christ and be blessed. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service this morning. Glory! Amen! Be blessed by this message. For these, all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damino, please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com.